All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the John X Mike podcast. It's John X Fire here, joined by Mike Phoenix. Mike, how are you doing today? Dick Jonathan, I mean, you, you know I'm a very happy man today, John. I got a 3070 Ti in the mail, so I'm very, very excited. Got to install it today as well before we came into this podcast, so you can color me a very, very happy person right now. Jonathan, how are you doing? Doing great. You know, um, Media Day was fun a few days ago. Um, we've got a lot of free time right now, mainly because... I guess the first topic of order is that a certain match has been laid. I think Motivate Trust versus Army Geniuses was stalled out. Motivate Trust did post it on their Twitter and Facebook, I believe. I don't think uh, the official Twitter for the CDPC has posted that yet. So that that will come out. But that match is postponed. So we've got a lot of free time, Mike. We can uh, all stare in glory at you with your 3070 Ti. Whoa. <laughs> Well, I guess I, I should say shout out to, and thank you to, to Slayer, who was the one who sent it right off the bat, Jonathan. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know the story, Slayer heard that I, I was still using a 1060, uh, three gigabyte version, and he just decided to take matters into his own hands and go ahead and send me one. And, you know, as much as I said no, the man was very persistent, as you were telling me, Johnny. He was, he was uh, battering you a lot to try and get me to accept it. So eventually, you know, people convinced me that I was being rude by not accepting it. And, well, I'm obviously very thankful, Jonathan. I mean, it's an expensive item to send a, a caster just for the sake of it. And, you know, he's very kind, John. He actually messaged me explaining that, you know, he, he believes in being kind to other people. He believes in paying it forward. And, you know, basically what he said to me was, you know, if you're that grateful uh, for receiving this uh, this item from me, then you, when you're in a financial position where you can afford to, you just pay it forward to somebody else, which I agree with. I think that's a fantastic idea. So I suppose before we go on, John, and I haven't really talked to you about this much at all, mm. but when I'm in a better financial position, which will hopefully be in a couple months, I intend on trying to set us up to give some, uh, we'll do some giveaways for free, basically. Just start giving, uh, handing out graphics cards to, to people that need it or people that have outdated technology. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, I'm going to try and, you know, scrounge out some funds so we can, we can make that happen and, you know, pay it forward. Pay it to other people who are, who are in need of some better graphics. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, that's, that's. That's what we talked about, right? Like uh, paying it forward, Mike. I'm glad Slayer had the same yeah. idea as well for kind of settling that. And who knows? Maybe there's some new graphics cards. I believe in about six months is when we're expecting new stuff. So that would align pretty nicely as well. We're getting someone very, very happy down the line. I'm also glad to hear because there were some worries, right? Like because your case was so old, your power supply was so old that maybe it wouldn't <laughs> even work. It th turns out it's working fine when you even managed to play a game of Dota. How long has it been, Mike, since you've actually played a full game? Well, I mean, I, I was playing for the past couple days because I've ended up moving the, the PC back to the shed now because we resolved the internet issue that was going on here. So hopefully no more lawnmowers uh, going over the internet cables, John, though I can't <laughs> promise anything. Uh, let me tell you, it is still uh, at risk of lawnmowers uh, running over them, for sure. Uh, but yeah, happy days. I mean, Dota was very smooth for me today, John. I was very, very happy with seeing all the, the beautiful pixels and animations Valve has added into the game. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm, this is probably the kindest thing anyone I don't know in person's ever done for me, right? So like, I don't want to say a stranger because the man was there since we started casting. He was, Slayer was there since I think the time we got DMCA yep. by ESL uh, back for 
what was it? Was it Katowice? Was it was it, Bir- Birmingham. it was something like yeah, that? We Birmingham. got DMC Birmingham, right? We got DMC a long time ago. He was there all the way back then. Uh, you know, I guess we've been friends ever since then, and I don't know what to say. I mean, this is the kindest thing anyone's ever done for me that I haven't met in person. So, shout out to him. And well, I like like I posted on Twitter. If you do see a guy named Slayer eighty five in in Twitch chat. Make sure to tag him and give him the Giga Chat because that's what he is. Definitely. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't think that's something you'd ever expect anyone to do, right? Like, uh, to to just send something of such value to literally, I mean, technically a stranger, right? Like, it's just insane, right. insane kindness out from Slayer. Uh, what a guy. I, you know, going back to your stories before, he used to offer us pizza as well. Because back then we kept making jokes that, you know, with delays and stuff with how long we were casting for free that we'd have a pizza. And I think, you know, that was around the time with Fnatic and the pizza parties going on in Southeast Asia. So we were all into the pizza and he actually did send you pizza money as well one time. So, yeah, it's uh, it's he's such a rare fella. Um, hopefully, hopefully he does well and um, hopefully he's all good in the hood as well. You know, he's like a, he's a busy fella. He stays off socials as a smart fella would do. And yeah, like he's he's one hell of a guy. What can I say? No, not much, John. I mean, that, that's about all you can say about the man. And I've got to give a couple more shout-outs before we really get into the podcast, John. Because it wasn't just Slayer that was handing out offers, right? The man actually inspired quite a few people to try and do the same. Uh, I, I don't think these people necessarily wanted me uh, to to talk about it very much. But I'm going to say it anyway, because who cares? They were, they were being, you know, really nice people. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, capitalist messaged me as well, Jonathan. Mm. He heard that I was kind of struggling to to say yes to accepting it. He, he understands, obviously, it's a lot of money. Uh, and he gets why I would kind of be a bit uncomfortable accepting so much. So he even said to me, he DM'd me on Twitter saying, hey, how about I pay for half of it? You know, how about I cover half the card and Slayer can cover the other half of the card and that way you don't feel quite as guilty. Uh, and we had people like Mr. Avo Plus come in on, on the Twitch chat and saying he was gonna, he would love to like host a, a fundraising, to, uh, a fundraising something to try and help me build a brand new PC. So it was really nice to, to see so much love coming out. So shout out to Cap uh, who directly DM'd me and offered me that, uh, even though Slayer said that's fine, I don't, I don't want the half. But it was very kind of him to actually go out of his way to offer it. Uh, and shout out to Avo who was actually saying let's just host a fundraiser. You know, let's just make it work that way. Uh, shout out to those guys again. Very, very kind people, and you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say, John. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not one to start crying on camera or anything like that. But I was, <laughs> I was very moved by it. I can tell you that. Uh, still, we should head off. We should head off, though. I mean, people are probably gonna get bored of me talking about it nonstop. Uh, what's been happening, John? What's been happening with you? Because I asked you earlier, before we went live with the podcast, I said, "How's your eyesight going? Mm. You're wearing the shades again." So why don't you tell the viewers, Jonathan, how's your eyesight? What's the update? All right. So for the eyes, the eyes are doing well. Um, Last checkup I had with the doctor, he pegged my eyes at minus 0.1 and minus 0.2. So I went from real, real nearsightedness at around 900.825 down to actually slight farsightedness. You know, I, I can't quite read text when it's like up close to my face now. It blurs out a bit, so hopefully that adjusts because it's kind of annoying in bed. You know, you've got the phone up to your face, uh, you're trying to sleep, yeah. just read Twitter or whatever, and it's too blurry. But it's a huge improvement, and um, 
it's still pretty sensitive to light. That's the one annoying bit. Like, everything's still slightly brighter than it used to be. I don't know if that's just because, you know, I've got better vision, so it's taking in more light and it's more in focus. But I still can't, you know, I can't stream for too long when I'm streaming. Like, I try. Most I can do is, like, two hours. Casting is actually, it's kind of insane how we actually go through to cast, Mike. Because, you know, my, my eyes are aching. Yeah, staring at the screen is just tiresome. Like, my eyes get pretty yeah. sleepy fast. What I tend to do is after two hours, I just doze off in bed, drop here. But when we're casting, you know, that's not exactly feasible. So it's actually surprising we've been, I've been able to sit and cast. And it's funny because uh, this is something behind the scenes. But um, so when we've got our cams on for DPC, <laughs> everyone else can see our camps even if they're not live on stream. You know, they've, they've got the entire feed. They can see all of us and they see me just kind of going like this. And they're like, John, rest your eyes. I'm like, no, I'm turning off my lights. It's fine. But it's funny. We've got a lot of out of context screenshots of me be looking stupid with the glasses. And it's it's hilarious. Um, I don't think we'll ever release it. I might use one of them as an emote someday. I think I will for, for my channel. But yeah. we've got a lot of good stuff from that. But yeah, the eyes have been improving, I think doctor says by end of this week or end of next week it's like pretty much where it's gonna be for post-op recovery so we'll see um i might wear some nearsighted glasses depending on what the doctor recommends well. i considering the grade it's so minor that i think I'll, i will be off glasses i just can't wait for it to stop being so bright because the shades are cool you know, I can't pull off a doctor disrespect, Mike. You know, I don't have the mustache. Oh. I, I can't do it. I don't have the long hair. I don't have the six foot eleven body of a champion. You know, I, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you, you could try to pull off the doctor. Don't sell yourself that short. <laughs> you know I mean, yeah, you're not. You're a bit short. You know, I'll give you that. You're not six foot eight. You're not a two-time winner either, uh, unfortunately. So there's that. But you, you could still pull it off, John. I think I think people have been very supportive of your new shades look. And you know, I was going to ask you as well, John, because you're gonna you're gonna lose these shades eventually, mm. right? Like you said, about a week. You know, your eyesight should be recovered, and that way you won't need them anymore. Now, you and I, as casters, right? We know that when the audience likes something, when when, when your viewers like something, you you get kind of worried after that. Like, do I get rid of them? Because people seem to really enjoy the fact that you're wearing those shades, right? They they keep spamming the bat chest emote. <laughs> uh, they keep talking about it. Uh, we've had other casters kind of emulating your your shade look, Jonathan, as you would have seen. Uh, do you think? Do you ever think to yourself, man, maybe I just keep them forever? Do, do, you know, people really like it. I I think I I don't want to keep them forever, but I will. You know, maybe on occasion, maybe for certain content pieces we have in mind, Mike, it comes back. You know, it's it's it becomes a character. <laughs> I think at that point, and I I think that's what we're gonna do, especially for a certain content piece. We don't know when that match will be, but you know, that's gonna be a spicy one, Mike. I've gotten approval, by the way, <laughs> so it's good to go. I've gotten the thumbs up from the studio chiefs, and we're we're gonna have a fun one. I think by week five, it looks like that's when it's coming out. So. Watch out for that. That's going to be pretty fun down the line. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's going to be a great time. But I think I'd, I'd rather not wear them because it, it's a weird compromise. So right now, my eyesight's good enough that I can stare at a monitor without the shades. It's just these ring lights, right? Like if I turn them off, you can see the example of the camera. It, my camera looks really bad, right? Like I need lights. That's the secret to a good mm. camera, lights. So when we're on studio... I have to have them on, but when I'm casting games, when I'm just playing, I have to take these off because it actually 
the monitor is now at the point where it's not bright enough, and if I boost the brightness, it irritates my eyes. So it's a weird compromise, and I'd rather have them off just for that, but we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. We will have emotes coming through, so at the least, you, you won't miss it. You know, you'll have something in chat at some point when I'm not lazy. We'll fix that up. But yeah, they, they've got to go, Mike. You know, I, I, need, I need to perform, and you know, I need violent speed and momentum. And I can't do that. These shades are actually so dark. Like, if I put them over, like, it's it's actually so dark. You can't see NT3. These are really dark shades. So the fact I can see through them does say that, you know, my eyes are still pretty sensitive. But yeah, we need performance shades. Maybe we get that. Performance shades, Mike. Less dark and, you know, boosting our violent speed momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that, John. Thank you for the uh, the explanation. For I always find people still asking in the Twitch chat, why is John wearing shades? Why is John wearing shades? No how many times we say he's just had eye surgery. Uh, but I like it, John. I, 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 part of me wants you to, in fact, I want you, like, what if we got invited to TI this year? What if it actually happens and we get invited to TI 11? Would you pay respect to the Dota gods by wearing your shades on camera for Absolutely. at least one series? Absolutely. Not, not just one series. I think for the kickoff, I'd have the shades on. And who knows? I might still need the shades depending on how bright those lights are. I mean, remember Dubai? Like, Skem asking for the lights off? Those those stage lights are pretty bright, man. So I, I think I, yeah. there's a chance I might even need him if we're on land. So we'll see. We'll see. They will still have a use. And, you know, imagine this with a barong. That's pretty sick. I don't know. I look like uh, presidential security if I do that. But I'd be happy to be Mike. That, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk about something a bit away from dota for a second mm. john because there's been some news going on i know you've seen it i know everyone's seen it. but the the oscars happened jonathan the oscars happened and somebody got assaulted at the oscars on stage can you that was a weird moment for me i was i was watching uh you know after the fact i, I know everyone's probably seen it by now will smith getting up and and slapping chris rock across the face for that uh, the gi jane joke or whatever the hell it was any opinions on that, John? Or do you want me to go first? What's your opinion on this? Uh, you know me, Mike. I've got very strong opinions about that. Um, it's it's funny because if you watch the clip, right? Like the moment he says the G.I. Jane joke, Will Smith is laughing. Right? He's, he's having a he big is. old laugh. And you can see J Jada on his left, I believe, on the camera. Um, not particularly pleased, but it cuts to him laughing. Then cuts back to Chris Rock. Mm. And he's like, he, you know... I feel like Chris Rock knew it was a bad joke because he's like, that's a nice one. You know, very sarcastically he says, that's a nice one. Then he tries to move on, yeah. right? Like, you know, it's like, okay, I see Jada's reaction from up here. It's not good. Let's move on. Mm. And Will Smith stands up, gives him a huge slap and starts yelling from his seat. That's when, you know, people are like, okay, this is not cool. And uh, you can see the audience reaction, except for, I believe, Ryan Gosling. He was having a good laugh about that. But um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it doesn't set a good precedent, you know, it's, it's something that we've seen with comedians, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe it's a difference in culture. I think America has a very different culture propagating right now, and in the Philippines, we make fun of everything. We make fun of ourselves, right. we make fun of every single aspect, especially if, um, you know, if if the other party's someone you know, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's a social contract. If you're a comedian, you go to a comedy house, you expect to be roasted. For whatever that's that's the social contract he's a comedian he's supposed to make fun of stuff yeah. he's supposed to make light of whatever is going on with you you know and it's not good in my view for will smith to do that like it's such a weird thing i, I mean like 
the reasoning for him doing it as well is just strange because, again, he was laughing. And then I yeah. get that your wife is upset. I get that she might not find it funny. She's struggling with Appalachia or hair loss herself, and she finds it to be a right. struggle. But to slap someone over it and TV is pretty insane. And and the, the, it, the worrying thing is with how American culture is or with how we've, we've been seeing like this kind of movement in the West is that it could lead to people just getting slapped or getting actually, you know, have actual physical stuff thrown at them on stage for making these jokes. And that's a very bad precedent, Mike. Yeah, I agree with you, John. I mean, I remember watching that and I was actually quite disgusted with how everything panned out. Like, it, it goes back to what you said. It's a comedian, right? His source material, when you're a comedian at the Oscars, your your material is based around the audience, right? Like, we've seen this over and over again year after year. They hire some guy that's funny. You know, and, you know, you can have your own opinion on Chris Rock. Personally, I don't think he's the greatest comedian. I think mm. he's kind of cringe in my opinion. But regardless, right, it's... His material is meant to be based off the audience. And these are very wealthy, successful people, right? Like these celebrities that are sitting there in that audience. It's not like they're going to go home and, you know, struggle to find something to eat for dinner or, you know, stress about how they're going to pay the rent that week. Yeah, all these guys are very well off, right? So a comedian makes a joke. And then, like you said, Will Smith laughs and then sees his wife's reaction and says, screw it, I'm getting up and doing something stupid. To me, Jonathan, that looks like a sign of a toxic relationship. As a married man, right, it looks like a very toxic relationship. Because I, I spoke to my wife about it instantly after I saw that and I showed her what happened. And she even, like, she said to me, all right, fair enough, you know, the, the poor woman has a disease that she is out of her control. Fair enough, she gets upset. But in, in what world do, do you think your husband getting up and slapping another man on stage on live TV is a good thing? Right? And what, what? And a slap means something, right? It's not like a closed-fisted punch, right? Where it's like you're actually just purely hitting someone out of rage. Mm. When you slap man to man, if a man slaps another man, you're sending a message. Mm. And that's, I'm better, you're beneath me. I'm better than you. I have zero respect for you. And I'm going to pimp slap you. That's basically what he did. He pimp slapped him, right? And you just, I don't know what kind of world we live in anymore. Where a comedian can't make a fucking joke. Without getting, without getting slapped by a very wealthy celebrity. And the irony being, Will Smith worked in comedy. Sure, he wasn't directly a comedian, but he works in comedy, right? He, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, his biggest show ever. It's a comedy-based show, right? They made fun of plenty of people in that show. Nobody took offense to it because times were different and quite frankly, most of it was pretty funny. I just don't, I, I couldn't believe what I saw. Like the guy gets up after laughing and just slaps Chris Rock. Like, how can you do that? And, and props to Chris Rock for continuing with the fucking show job. Because could you imagine how difficult that would have been to be slapped by another man and then having to continue with the show, continue trying to make a joke out of everything when you've literally just been physically assaulted by somebody that's probably wealthier than you by a mile and more successful than you. Like, what an absolute joke. And it, this woman, that, that this wife of his, didn't she just... Hasn't she had an affair with with other people yeah yeah i mean Is that, am i wrong to be to be fair you know will smith said they agreed to it so that's their that's their business and i think um even outside of that context like there's no way you ever i don't think there's ever a way right. to justify physical violence over words these are words 
you know, there he's he's not throwing a punch first. He might be touching on a sore point, but it's words, right? Like imagine how much words get tossed around about in, in Dota pubs, people throw words around a lot. You know, are you expected to show up, trace his IP, and find the guy and slap him? You know, it's like uh, yeah. it, there's there's a line drawn very very early on, and it goes very far in. Now, to be fair, for the joke as well, right? When when he did say the GI Jane joke, um, they did flash a poster of GI Jane, so it looked like that was written beforehand, approved by committee, and not a spontaneous right. joke. And again, if you note Chris Rock's reaction, it's like that's a nice one. Right, like it, it's a very dry sort of trying. Let's cut it off here. I don't think that's gonna sell well with the top, with you know, with the, with the target. So let's move on. And yeah, I'm just surprised it also slid through committee, considering that you know, like the com maybe the committee expected um, less sensitivity, but considering Jada has apparently been posting about this for a while, I don't know. I don't. I don't follow celebrity news, Mike. In fact, the funny thing about this Oscars is I wouldn't have given a shit until that slap. Like, I wouldn't have... No one's watching yeah. the Oscars. Like, it's been an, on the downtrend for years. So the slap actually yeah. reinvigorated interest in all the celebrity bullshit that really no one should be bothering with. Who, who the hell cares? Like, the Oscars aren't a noteworthy award anymore. It's just them yeah. voting for each other. The Hollywood foreign press choosing their favorites. Like, you look at animation. Yeah. I think this is, this is where the sad thing about this entire slap happens. If you look at the animation awards, there was a lot of good movies this year. For animation, I think Mitchell and the Machines is the most interesting one outside of Disney. And all of that's overshadowed. Like, animation was treated again as a child's category. You know, it's like, and that's overshadowed because Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. You know, like, that entire Oscars is just a sham in terms of artistic integrity anyway. So, it, it's just, the timing is very interesting, right? Like, the timing is very interesting as to creating this noise about the Oscar. Like, I don't think they pre-planned it that way, but the fact that they flashed the G.I. Jane poster, when you're running a live prod, that's not something you can spontaneously just raise up, you know? Like, especially in that timing. That, so it looks to me like it was a planned bit, and maybe they expected that to happen. Because, again, you're running a live broadcast, just dragging a picture in on that layout, it's feasible, but not something you'd want to do like ad lib, you know, as as a production, as production in the back. It's it's like, I don't know. It's maybe they wanted that reaction. If they did, they certainly got what they wanted because people aren't shutting up about this. Like everyone's just tweeting their new meme about it, and some of the memes are funny, but you know, like the flavor of the month, Mike. It's it's losing its spice. It's, it's for me, it's already kind of yeah. grating. It's like, and eh, you know, this this is only so funny for so long. Elden Ring's a lot funnier. You know, everything in Elden Ring's funny, but this it's tiring. <laughs> It is tiring, John. I just don't get it. Like, immediately after it happens, you see the people on Twitter get up and, you know, start posting about how Will Smith was in the ride and as if you wouldn't do that if that was your wife. Look, if I'm at a comedy show and my wife gets picked on by the comedian on stage and it's a funny joke, I would expect her and myself to laugh because you're at a fucking comedy show, you know? Context matters, right? It's not the same as you're on the street. And some dude starts saying, hey, your wife's bald, ha ha ha. Of course you're gonna knock the guy out, right? But then you, you can't, not at a comedy, I mean, it's a comedy show, I can't, oh, it's so stupid. Oh, it makes no sense. And I can't believe Chris Rock had, like, Chris Rock actually stood there and didn't fight. I mean, look, John, if you get slapped by another man in front of millions of people, your automatic reaction is, I'm gonna grab this guy by the collar and take care of my, you know, take care of business. 
whether it's in front of people or not. You know, he played, he, he was the bigger man and you got to give props to Chris Rock for that. I just, man, it's just crazy how we've come to a world now where you can't, you can't even see a comedian without getting upset about something like that. It's insanity. And what's more insane is people defending that behavior. Like suddenly assault's okay because it's against your political beliefs or whatever. Well, assault's never okay, mm. right? That That's the point. Assault yep. is never okay. And this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen someone get assaulted over. And it really struck a chord with me, John. Because, you know, once upon a time, back when I was young, I actually wanted to be a comedian, right? Turns out I wasn't very funny, so that didn't really work <laughs> out. But you get my point. I wanted, and you know, seeing the way that things are working now, how people are getting so offended over, over jokes and stuff. Maybe to you and I, it's a bit different, John, because we're, you know, we're, we're in the South. I, mm. I feel like when you're in the South, things are just a little bit... We're all easier on each other. Like, I'm happy to make fun of you. You're happy to make fun of me. Uh, you know, we don't look at racism the same way. Like, the way I've looked at racism my whole life is if you're able to laugh at each other and your indifferences, that's what gets you closer to each other, right? Like, if I can laugh at you for being... I don't know, if you're late one day and I just say, hey, John, yo, stop running on Filipino time, you know? We'd laugh at that. We'd laugh at that, right? It's a oh, funny, yeah. you know, it's just a, a, a harmless joke where we're just laughing about it. But it feels like you can't make any jokes based on anyone's culture anymore, even though it has nothing to do with the situation. I'm going on a bit of a tangent now, John. But mm. it just feels like people are too scared to joke about each other anymore based off their race and culture. And when I was younger, that's what we did to become friends. Because mm. I, I grew up in a very multicultural place. You, you didn't have many white people per se where I grew up. You had a lot of different cultures. And the way you became friends is you, you took the piss out of each other based off your cultural differences. And everyone loved it. And that's how you, you become close with everyone. I, I feel like the way things are going, we're just everyone separating themselves further and further because they're too afraid of offending somebody. You know? And the funniest thing is it's usually the... The people getting offended are usually the ones that aren't even part of that race. Mm. Like, why are you getting offended? You know what I, I can't stand seeing someone that's, you know, white getting offended over a, a joke between another guy and another guy, like based off different cultures. It's just so stupid. You know, you, they don't need you to get offended for them. It's okay. You know, I, I just don't get it. I, I feel like comedy is slowly dying, John. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> You look at the difference in reception for, say, someone like Uncle Roger. Now, I, I found Uncle Roger to stop being funny after one video. That That's my take, you know? Like, after a couple, like, he had a fun one with, you know, uh, emotion, emotional damage, you know? like. But look at Uncle Roger as a character. This guy's a caricature of, like, every Chinese Asian, almost, right? Mainly Chinese, right? Like, the that kind of culture... Right, in and like an immigrant in America or someone who's kind of struggling with English, that kind of vibe. And he cranks that up to 11. It's very, you know, if, if you were to take it in the context of someone looking at what's offensive, you could say Uncle Roger's very offensive, but do we care? We laugh at it because it has hints of truth. Right. And those hints, those nuggets of truth are funny because you might have known someone who acts a bit in all, not exactly the same way, but, you know, has the same tendencies or has a moment where he reminds you of that. And, I mean, yeah, I think that's a great counterpoint. Like, you look what's happening in, like, Western comedy, then you look like freaking Uncle Roger. Right? Again, his comedy is not the best. I think it, it gets pretty grating after, like, two videos. But it's not it's not something we consider offensive. It's not something I've ever seen, like, a Malaysian Chinese say, that's so bad. I've, I've never seen a Singaporean say, wow, that accent's so racist to us. They laugh at it. And, if, and, you know, I spent some time in Singapore, 
I went around to comedy clubs with my friends like a couple of times. And all the comedians would make fun of every single person there. And you know, Singapore is multicultural, multiracial. So you'd make fun of the Indians, you'd make fun of the Malaysians, you'd make fun of the Chinese, he'd make fun of the Filipinos. You know, everyone got shot at them and we all had a good laugh. And I I guess it's a difference in culture because I think that's something in Asia that we've accepted. Like, um, you know, if you look at Asia culturally, Asia generally didn't get along with each other all too well, right? Like, if you think about it culturally, like, for the most part, there's still a lot of, like, some conflicts as well between, like, wider countries uh, on maybe a cultural level. But when you do go to those multicultural places, it disappears because you can make fun of each other. You can, they make fun of you for the dumb stuff you do. You make fun of them and you all have a good laugh about all the stupid things everyone does and you shake hands at the end and you're all good, like. I don't know, I just don't understand that culture in America. And for me, this is, you know, this is maybe me ranting now, Mike. You know me when I rant. But for me, this this phenomenon has been happening since almost 2010. I think the peak start of it was really 2012. And I've been watching it. I used to be much more angry. Now I'm just resigned. I'm like, you know what? Do whatever the fuck you want. That's always been my stance. But now I can't even care to argue back. Like, if that's what you guys want run with it you know like whatever but i just don't understand it mike i i I literally don't understand why people's idea of opposing views is to shut it down it's like yeah you know if you shut it down you're allowing them to foster and ferment those views and just grow stronger within themselves and spread it amongst whoever's leaning towards their side that's not the way the way is like dialogue the way is listening to the other side and trying to convince them like a dialogue that's what dialogue is you trade ideas you try to defend your points and they try to defend their points and you try to convince each other now it's just yelling over the other guy and i i can't i can't care anymore mike you know i mean i could get worked up about it but i've been seeing this since 2010 2012 it's just disgusting it really is uh, i agree with the timing as well by the way john it, it does feel like it was around 2010 that this thing started happening like this I don't want to say movement, but this change in in the Western culture started happening where everyone just seems really uncomfortable all of a sudden to joke with each other about the color of their skin or their cultural habits or, you know, stereotypes or what. I don't, I don't, it's just weird. It, like my, for example, like my, my, my best man at my wedding, my best mate, the way we met, right, for the first time is I was making fun of him for being Indian. And he was making fun of me for for being Middle Eastern, right? So we we were just making fun of each other back in high school, and it, it just that's how you that's how we kicked off. In fact, all of my friends, if I think back, all made jokes with each other about being different cultures, and it, it was funny. It was a funny thing, right? And you just became closer, and it, you just felt. I just don't get where we're going anymore. Mm. I just don't get where we're going. I, I really don't. I, well, why are people getting so upset? I don't fucking know. Uh, but remember, let, let's use a pro player example, right? And this might not be about race, but just, just uh, I guess, toxicity in quotation marks in general. Uh, remember when uh, ATF, is it ATF? He was placing those uh, those mantles of intelligence down yeah. every time they had a game and stuff. And people, some people in the community were actually getting upset about that. You know? Oh, he's too toxic. And I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what, what, like, what have we become? He's, I, it's funny. It's funny, you know. Like I, I, I invite people that get offended by dumb shit like that 
to play one game in the SCA server, just one fucking game, <laughs> you know? Uh... If you want to see true toxicity, come to SCA. But that's what makes the game fun at the same time. Remember Dota All-Stars, John? You would know this very well. <laughs> you go to a LAN cafe, you go to a LAN cafe, your team versus another team, <laughs> right? You're sitting as like across across from each other, right? So you can see each other. And the beauty of the game was not the fact that you were winning, not the fact that you were losing, but the fact that every time you killed a particular person, you would get up on that damn table and you would <laughs> shit talk the shit out of them. Man to man, you're just giving it to each other over and over again, you know? And the next time he kills you, he'll get up and do the same thing to you. And it was just a fantastic, it was brilliant moments like that. And then afterwards, You'd go outside, you'd get some, you'd get a meal with the other team, and you'd shake hands and be friends. That's what happened. But we've gotten to this point now where everyone's just upset about anything. It's just such a crazy timeline we live in, John. It's crazy. It's just fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah, it really is. Like, I don't know. It's like going back to your point about your friends. I remember in Singapore, uh, I was friends with a lot of uh, Indians and. Uh, two of my best friends back then, we they trade jokes and we, you know, back when we just barely knew each other, like, oh, you're Filipino, why don't you clean up these tables right now before we get started, you know? <laughs> and I found that extremely funny. Maybe, again, you know, it's down to the audience as well, but I feel like you can't just limit speech to take care of that half of the audience. You have to allow speech to flow, and if there's conflict, you resolve it, but you can't just shut down speech before it happens. You know, it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. You have to allow the interaction to take place see the reaction and try to fix it from there but you can't just do a blanket ban on something that might not be offensive to everyone else i think it's 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 just different strokes for different folks and i i just can't fathom it. maybe you know maybe it's just product of the times maybe we were just from a different time mike you and i are very old at this point relative to all these uh kids yeah for real though like if you look at social media it's trending younger Right, like the the older audience tends to most older people, most people our age starts going off social media. Right, like most I, most people I know, I barely am able to keep contact because they're barely online. You know, I I have one friend who's on Discord. That's it from real life. Everyone else is barely on Messenger. They're just focused on work and they do stuff offline now. So I think it's it's a mix of that as well. Like the um, the fact that these voices are louder, but also at the same time. A lot of the opposing voices are just, they don't give a shit anymore. You know, they're moving on. Social media is just, I feel like social media is such a weird part, Michael, and this is a good transition into it. Social media is so weird, right? Like, remember the simple times in like 06, 05, when you had MySpace, when you had Friendster in Southeast Asia, and that was just stupid shit. Mm. You'd post pictures, you'd do some stupid custom HTML, CSS stuff, you'd ask for comments from each other, but there wasn't really... You know, there wasn't this drive to try to be popular, to try to, you know, try to post these things to get clout or to appeal to a certain viewpoint. It was just stupid shit. And that innocent start, you know, yeah. Facebook started innocent. It was truly, in the first few years, it was truly a way to connect with people you haven't. And, you know, honestly, I've never been fond of Twitter. Like, when Twitter came out, I really didn't want to participate in and I found the format dumb. I mean, how can you expect to have proper discourse with 140 character limit? Twitter's the absolute wrong platform to have these political conversations, but it's where most of it happens because you can make a snapshot call that catches attention and that rallies to the side and I know, like, social media is such a weird thing, what it has evolved to. Like, it's such a 
such a weird port. Like, I, I really... If we didn't have to use it for work, I think I would be completely off social media, let me tell you, Mike. Oh, I'm with you on that. I think social media, <clears throat> it's like a pathway to depression, isn't it? The, the way you... The, way, the things you read and... Uh, it, it's just a weird thing. Like, it, it puts you into this world where you just get very upset. You you get very confused. And, you know, if you if you already have mental issues, you like anxiety or depression, you tend to... It tends to just, you know, degrade over time because you keep looking at these views that just make no sense. And it feels like reality is no longer reality anymore. And, you know, I don't... I think you and I both kind of sit here in that political spectrum where you and I are more centered than anything. Mm. Like, we can see the good and the bad of both sides. You know, I, I think being, you know, far left or far right in general is just fucking stupid. You know, because I think both of them go way too far. Uh, they, they, they get a bit too extreme, but I don't know. It's just it's, it's a passing thought, you know what I mean? Like, th there's a difference between racism and making jokes about each other, I want to say. Mm. You know, and it's racism is, you know, wearing a KKK suit and, you know, using the N-word aggressively against an African-American, for example, or, uh, you, you know, any any situation like that, the Nazis or the... You, you know what I mean, John. Racism mm. is, is quite obvious. So you're trying to hurt somebody. And I, I feel like context has just been completely forgotten these days. And we're in this world where nobody wants to take a joke anymore. It's just really weird. Uh, and this is all prompted by that whole Oscar situation between Will Smith and Chris Rock. And I know that has nothing to do with racism, but... You know, it was just weird. That's kind of where it's it stems very, from. Very, very weird. You know, the, those reactionary yeah. things from social media, it's just culminating to this. And I think I'm, again, I'm, I'm at this point where I don't really care too much. We might reach the point where any sort of joke is just offensive. Because let's face it, jokes are mm -hmm. something where you exaggerate a certain feature of a person. Right? That's most of what jokes are. It's an exaggeration of an event. It's an exaggeration of a feature. It's an exaggeration of sorts. And we might reach the point where jokes just aren't going to be allowed. And I'm, I'm like fine with that. If that's the direction we want to go, follow that path and see where it takes you. I, I don't care anymore. You know, that's, that's my stand. I'll live my life. Leave me alone. Y'all can do what you want. I'll stay in my shack. I'll cast some Dota. I'll play Elden Ring. I'll die a hundred times. I'll be happy. Y'all can figure out what you want. Yeah. Oh, that's it. We'll, we'll leave that conversation at that because it's a rather depressing convo, mm. I think, to have. And, you know, people, <laughs> I, I'm sure some people are going to get a little bit upset about it and whatever. And, we, and to be fair, we don't have anyone uh, debating their points against us True. here. So maybe it's just too easy to, to talk whatever we want to talk here. So we'll just leave it at that. Talk to me about the stream, though, John. I mean, your, your stream's been going very well by the looks of it. Your, your viewership has been... What it's been going up uh, slightly, mm -hmm. I think, over over the time I've been seeing. So that's very very good to hear. Have you been enjoying streaming, John? I know you've been playing Elden Ring quite a bit, and you know that 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 seems like a really fun game that I'll probably also jump oh, on. Yeah. But how have you been enjoying streaming all overall? I've I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I think it's it's fun. I use like for me, streaming is more of a chance to like interact with fans. So you know, interact with chat. We don't do that as much on a podcast because you know. Uh, people who are listening to the podcast might not be able to get the context you know the video vod doesn't show a chat so it's very hard to integrate that into this conversation but i do love reading chat and do love uh, interacting especially on my stream i tend to just talk with everyone you know so for me it's 
it's not really me trying to build up my stream although you know we will try to build it up but it's mainly just to interact with the audience because i know people like to interact so i use it that way i'm having a lot of fun um it's been again with the eye stuff it's a, actually a lot hard to just play but hopefully once it hopefully once this is settled we'll be able to do it a lot more so it's been fun i think um my issue with streaming is that it's not that it's not like there's pressure to play it's not like there's a pressure to be something you're not for me because i tend to just be myself and maybe you know just actually no i don't feel like i'm exact or being a caricature of myself what i do take issues i have a hard time playing dota on stream because you know me, Mike, Dota is the one game that actually tilts me very hard. So Dota is the one thing that I find hard to play past one game. <laughs> Let's be frank. Like, if I play one game of Dota on stream, I'm usually happy. If I play more, that usually means I'm kind of tilted. So Dota is the one thing I'm hesitant to really play a lot. Because when I tilt, it's actually depressing. You know, I think we've had that conversation where I'm not the happiest Dota player, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm a very... I'm a very sad Dota player. It affects me greatly, and I think it's un. I think this this is what I want to say to people who feel that way. Um, if you are the kind of player who gets really affected by a Dota game, I would suggest just playing one. You know, uh, do not push yourself. It you never feel better. Dota does not make you feel better, even if you win the next game. Just just stop and try to do something else because it doesn't feel good. And I feel like sometimes I push myself to play Dota. Like, there was one day I really pushed myself to play Dota. I was really angry at the end. And I think that's the one thing. Dota just... It's hard for me to be happy with Dota. And I don't know why, Mike. Like, I'm not sure why. It feels like, for me... That that peak of Dota was, like, 2016. That's when I was... Again, I was playing till 5 a.m. I found new friends in pubs. And it's just not the same game. And I don't, I don't know why, Mike does feel like dota's to and by the way john i apologize because my internet did disconnect there for about 20 seconds so i did miss half your your combo <laughs> there but uh i uh yeah i you know dota is a different game now i think it's becoming a bit more of a spectator sport than anything uh it's still very fun to play at least for me but i know you've been you know you have your own struggles trying to play the game and enjoy yourself on stream and things like that and i think that's fair enough john i it is one of those games where it's it's not a fun streaming game, is it? Like, unless mm. you're happy to start molding like I am, it's not a very <laughs> good streaming game. Yeah, it, it's not. It's. I don't know. I don't know why. And this, this is the one thing. Like, it's hard to make like a positive Dota stream, or you know, to make it entertaining like you. Because when you mold, you know, it's like I think there's there's a process in thinking about how to mold that's entertaining. Right, because pure mold, which is what I do sometimes, pure mold is just depressing. Right, you're actually just upset because everything's dumb, nothing's happening, it's not fun. And Dota's Dota's that kind of game where losing in a stomp is never fun. Right, like it becomes very one-sided. There's just no way it's ever fun at all. And I think it's just a nature, it's an outcome of the game design. But I I, I just don't know. I feel like this patch is so fast-paced. That you tend to see those situations by 20 minutes where you just can't win. Like I've been seeing that a lot more in my pubs where and we've seen it in pro games as well, right? Mike, like it's not as common, but you do see that tendency where you're like 20 and 3 in a game, and you know the 20 teams gonna win. It's very hard for them to lose. And I think the game's kind of taken itself to that point where somehow it's a snowball sort of game. And it's just self-determining at that point by 20 minutes, and you can kind of tell. So 
it's tough. I find it tough to solo it. Um, five man is definitely the way to go, but even my five man games feel like I'm finding a lot of five man smurfs. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not like, it's not been an amazing experience for me, Mike. How's, how's your Dota going? Oh my, look, my Dota's always, like, I'm, I'm a very competitive person, John. I, I feel very happy playing Dota, personally, but I, I do kind of get where you're coming from. Like, it does feel like everything's kind of being min-maxed these days, uh, you know, for lack of a better term. And, you know, it's, it goes back to a point that I've been making over and over again regarding Dota, and I think... It's the fact that every patch that comes out, it doesn't feel like enough is changing. You know, like, I don't feel like heroes are getting adjusted enough where it's it's a matter of people don't know what's going on anymore and, you know, the, the balance is... Like, I feel like the balance is too good right now. I feel like the, the way Dota's balanced is just too good. It's been too good for quite a while. I made the comment earlier in an earlier episode of the podcast where I think that dota inherently needs to be unbalanced and it needs to be broken mm. for it to be very very fun um and i don't think it is broken which is annoying because because now everyone just knows what they need to do and i, I again I'll, I'll point it out you go for the you go for the side lane t1 tower you go for the mid t1 tower that you then farm for a while you overtake the uh, opponent's jungle you'll go take their tier two uh their tier two safe lane tower and then you just go roshan that's what happens every time. You take tier 2, take the outpost, go Roshan. If you're Radiant, you have a better time because outpost is right the dire outpost is right next to the Roshan pit. So you're going to have a better time as long assuming you can get the tier 2 into the outpost. For Dire, it's a little bit more challenging I think for Roshan because by the time you're ready to Rosh, it's around that time where tier 2s are going down. Uh, and everyone just it's the same pattern over and over again. I feel like nothing changes, which is why the games for you may feel like a bit of a stomp because Everyone knows exactly what they need to do to get to the end goal of getting Roshan and going high ground. That's what it feels like. And it goes back to the point you made. That if you're a team that's gotten like a 20 kill lead or something. You know, over a game. Chances are you're going to get that Roshan. And then what the fuck do you do if you're the other team? You're fighting against a, a carry with, with two lives. You know, you're already way behind by net worth. And probably XP. And there's no... It doesn't feel like there's enough brokenness in dota anymore enough changes where you can pull off some crazy you know comeback anymore just i don't know it feels very everything feels very surgical these days in dota it feels like everyone knows what they're doing a bit too much yeah. and i think that's a concern i don't think that's going to allow the, the the bar to be raised per se i think the bar's already raised enough mm. i think all that's going to happen is things will get a bit more stale over time yeah and that's why i think we were looking for that big shakeup and patch now i'll take a second here to try to change our server you have notified me mike of some connection issues so let me try to change this up all right i've shifted us to hong kong there you are cameras unfrozen we fixed the issue guys no more png mike so we've sorted that out and hopefully i've got audio coming in because this can sometimes act up can you hear me mike I can, John. Thank okay, you for that. Beautiful. I was going to tell you that I had like 5,000 ping earlier to the to the Singapore server. I'm not sure why, but that uh, that did not work out very well for me. So, yeah. But going back to my point, I, I can understand why it's a bit hard for you to, to stream the game and play and have a good time. Because again, if you're not... If you don't have a personality where you're getting mad that things aren't being executed properly mm. and you can't make that mold entertaining, 
then generally speaking, you're either just going to look really toxic or you're going to be really boring. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because you're just not reacting and you just look depressed, which I, I've seen you have to go through that live <laughs> on stream, John. I can appreciate why you don't want to play Dota uh, when you're streaming. That's fair enough. Uh, like you said, for me personally, I'm old a lot. So I, it seems like people really enjoy seeing the process of me getting angrier and angrier <laughs> as the game goes on yeah. until I completely explode. Uh, mind you, I don't I don't turn on open mic and start raging at anyone mm. or anything like that. But, you know, you get to see me exploding behind the camera. You know, you, you get to hear me swearing and saying things I probably shouldn't be saying live on stream. But people seem to like it. So I guess for me, it's fine. But I do agree <laughs> with the point, John. I, I feel like Dota's been in a in the same place for quite a while and i'd really like i'd really like them to just break just break the fucking game again yep just break it just break the game nobody's gonna mind break it i don't care if it's ark water versus naga again break the game break <laughs> all right it, ma ma maybe maybe you have to watch what you wish for more because i remember those games and those would never end so maybe not break it that far with those two heroes but we'll see we'll see hopefully that patch comes out by god at this point we're gonna be waiting till two or three but hopefully it comes out by then. I just want to give a quick little shout out to Mr. Gary Onko, who was in chat. Thank oh, you for Gary's dropping by. And of course, Sophie and Stinky Pie and everyone else. But yeah, Gary came by. He told us to stop podcasting. Let's go cast Boom now. Now. Boom versus Obi Neon now. Gary, that's at six. That's at seven o'clock p.m. You can relax a bit. You can you can prep the car. You can guard the power lines because you never know what Neon's up to. Chuan showed himself with wire cutters. So you guys got to guard the team house. <laughs> But you've got a lot of time to guard that house, Gary. I'd love to see that protection up. Get Zack on it. Get Mushi on it. You know, they've got the whips up. Zack is a big fella. He can keep it safe. So you've got the perfect bodyguards right there, Gary. Yeah. And Gary, if you are still listening, I am still waiting for my uh, my invitation to Boom Esports. Sir. So whenever you're ready. I mean, I know you're a busy man. I know you're handing out iPhones to the needy and your plays and things like that. When you're ready, Gary, my Twitter DMs are open. You go ahead and send me the contract through and... We'll negotiate the salary. I mean, I am expecting at least seven figures to be fair, but, you know, someone like yourself, Gary, I'm sure you can afford it. So whenever you're ready, Gary, when, when, when you've got a second, we'll, we'll talk about it. Don't you worry. <laughs> Put that damn sticker down, by the way, Jonathan. I haven't got a Boom Esports sticker, so you don't get to you don't get to show yours off. You can show off your SMG stuff, you know. I, I You got a lot of stuff there. I've been seeing other talent, you know, receive some goodies from SMG as well from different games. I'm like, oh... Those bo those boxes from SMG look so good. I hope hoping hoping I get one too. You know, wink wink nudge nudge Mike. I want the SMG dot as well. <laughs> yeah, I've gotta have all of no. them. Like, I'm I'm like Ash in Pokemon. No. Gotta have them all. Gotta catch them all. You're becoming too powerful, Don Expire. <laughs> I'm at least gonna get one more. Speaking of which, where is my jersey, Boomy? Sports, where's Gary? Call Gary back in here. Where's my jersey, Gary? This is a duo, god damn it. It's the John X Mike <laughs> podcast. I still haven't gotten a, a post in the mail from Boom Esports, so I'm very upset, John. I feel kind of cut that I didn't get one. I did, I did so much work for Boom as well. I mean, how much did I hype them up, John? No, it, it's not easy being the cheerleader every time there's a, you know, a land going on. It's not an easy job. True, true. It's my just True. It, it's, it's hard to, you know, cheer for him when the power cuts, so I'm sure Mike needs something to help cushion that traumatic 0-1 start, Gary. I'm sure several iPhone 13s will also fix that issue. I'm, sh I'm sure you're ready to spam as well, Mike. I saw you practicing the GIF. So you are ready for the team as everyone else practices as well. I think the only guy I haven't seen use that GIF is Mushi. So I'm actually keen if Mushi is the kind of person to meme along with that. I'm, sh I'm sure he is. We've talked to him a couple of times already. 
And I would love yeah. to see him just randomly post one day under a Gary post, a little bit of a iPhone tweet. And speaking of Gary, you know, let's talk about this guy. Did you know Gary was featured on the newspaper in Indonesia or something? Wow. He was on the news. Wow, wow, wow. Boom Esports. Esports on the rise. I don't know, but he was above LeBron James. He had a bigger feature than LeBron James. <laughs> so Gary's a big guy. You know, Gary Onko. Biggest guy in Indonesian esports. Look at that. What a guy. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow. Above LeBron James, oh, yeah. too. Good on you, Gary. Gary's going places, Jonathan. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a big name in Indonesia now, apparently. You're welcome, by the way, Gary. I think that's thanks to John and I, of course, John. <laughs> for sure, for sure. No? All right. There you go. Well, congratulations, Gary. Good to see you in the newspaper. You know, I, I think I saw him post about it or someone posted about it. It was very nice to see. Good to see the CEOs getting some recognition of these uh, these teams, John. Always a, always a great thing. And I think that's one thing that separates SCA right now to other regions is you have all these CEOs kind of making their their name a bit more well-known and getting involved with the meme process and cheering on their team. And I think that's a really good thing. Uh, like you've got Gary, you know, you've got Rob Campbell from, from OB Neon. Uh, I, I guess maybe that's the only two right now, apart from the, the player CEOs that we like to label. But, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, th I think Joe comes in sometimes from T1 and has his own few words to add, though he doesn't like to... You know, he doesn't like to play around with us, unfortunately, but, you know, I'd like to see all the CEOs getting involved, John. I, I like having the CEOs involved when it comes to pro SEA dope. Yeah, yeah, I think Talon's been pretty, maybe not directly memeing, but they have been active on socials. Um, Mr. Duhun Hondu uh, on Twitter, and I think Nate's been trying to be active. I haven't seen him jump onto the Twitter all too much, but Talon's starting to build up. So we've got a few CEOs, Mike, and... Hopefully we see more. You know who I'd love to see be more active? I mean, from Fnatic, we've been seeing Kill the Mage, Pau Bago, be pretty active in replying and trying to meme stuff, along with Neil, their um, manager. And I think, who am I trying to think of? Oh, Polaris has been pretty active, but not really CEO-wise. You know, it's just your social media. Right. So I'd love to see like their managers be more active. I mean, for Boom, it's not just Gary, of course, Zach. Lane is also being pretty active on socials, posting memes, filming Jackie doing this and trying to put that out of context. So, you know, it's always fun seeing that. And it's great to see the teams pick up the meme game, right? Like, it feels like everyone's starting to realize the potential of just having those snippets out in social media to boost their views. Like, Polaris has been doing a really good job, I think, out of all the smaller teams. Like, Polaris has been doing a great job of just memeing along. And I feel like the next step to that meme, Mike, is to put your face in that, your logo here, right below that. Just have your face there. Why not, right? Like, it should be there. <laughs> you with the shades. That nice emote that I think Dougie made for us, that would definitely fit right in. Yeah, certainly would, John. It certainly would. Still good times. I, again, glad to see all the CEOs and, and team managers and things like that getting involved. It's, it's always a good good bit of fun and it gives us more content to, to try and think up and make and more talking points which is uh which is always fun i think it gives a I, I think it gives every team a really good kind of understanding of the personality behind the creation of that organization uh and it's a good thing it's a good thing to, to get out there and be public and you know have the viewers kind of talk about you and refer to you by your first name things like that so well done gary and right well done to, to rob as well for for getting involved from ob neon tip John, I wanted to take the, the topic to a bit of a different discussion here. Because mm. last week, ESL ended up announcing their talent list, mm -hmm. which I know that a lot of people from our region were kind of upset about, mm -hmm. you know, because nobody from SCA went, whatever, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, shout out to the talent, I guess. You know, congratulations for them. Yep. Good on them for, for being able to make it to the major. I had a shower thought, though, Jonathan. Yeah. Like, literally right after it got in, like, after we finished the podcast, I was having a shower thought to myself, literally in the shower. Hopefully that's not giving anyone some, some bad imagery. But, you know, I was having a shower thought. In terms of talent, John, past and present, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this first. Out of every talent you've ever seen in Dota 2, from even from the Dota All-Star days, mm. who do you think was by far the most underrated talent you've ever seen? Like, And I mean underrated not only in the sense that the public isn't saying they're the best, but underrated as they're not getting the best jobs, uh, they're not being invited to it. Like, they're not like a, you know, they're not a, a mainstay kind of constant talent that's at every event. Like, who do you think's the most underrated in Dota's history, in your opinion? Let me stew on this a bit. There are a couple I'd say. Right. I think um, I absolutely love Dakota. I think uh, I feel like I didn't see enough of him. I was very fortunate to see him in Nanyang, Nanyang Championship in Singapore. But I feel like yeah. Dakota himself should have gotten a lot more. Uh, he's one of the ones that pop onto my head. Um, the big one that's gone now, or at least not in the scene anymore, for me personally, is AC. Like AC mm. is someone that I really really love to watch i i know a lot of people were complaining that you know his his analysis was basic he talked over people too much and i can kind of see that i feel like if he was given a little bit more time to just cast with a duo that would have been something that he would definitely be able to work on but ac was just amazing ac was like for me the guy who really inspired me to actually start casting around that time period my first r2dl cast were from that time when i was watching ac cast ti um, because he reminded me of like a total biscuit type that was casting, and total biscuit as well. Who's you know he's passed away some time ago, which is very sad. But um, he's not really talented. But you know, AC reminded me of total biscuit, and I really looked up to total biscuit. So I really like uh, AC. I was looking forward to AC having those voice lines. You know, it was leaked that casters would have like announcer packs. AC was one of the ones I was hoping for, and never happened. A whole bunch of announcer packs just never happened as well. But those are the two that popped to my head. AC and Dakota, for sure. I think, I feel like Dakota definitely had to, I mean, he should have been in a lot more. Like, it surprises me that he yeah. wasn't, because he he's the most versatile guy. He's a host, he used to cast, you know, he's great boat, and he's a great interviewer as well. He's a great guy to talk to. I worked with him a lot in media day, so I think those were the two talents for me that were underutilized. In my view, how about you, Mike? Well, you, well, you, compl- you completely stole my uh, my nomination, John. I was gonna say Dakota as well, but I think you and I both have the exact same uh, feeling towards the man. Uh, no bias intended, because again, mm-hmm. we do work with BTS a lot. But I used to think this back when, before we even started casting, that I couldn't believe that somebody that could create content, act better than anyone else, cast, sing, host, uh, whatever. Like the man did everything, interviews. I couldn't believe. That he wasn't getting every event. Like, in terms of content pieces, when you think back to some of the greatest Dota 2 content that there was, I feel like Dakota was always in it somehow. Either he was producing it, or he was the one who came up with the script, or he was acting in it. Mm. And till this day, I can't believe he didn't get more gigs. I, I can't believe he didn't become a mainstay. And that might be because of him. Who knows? Maybe he's the one who said, you know, I, I don't have time to, oh, I don't want to travel this much or whatever. Maybe he's a family-orientated guy who doesn't have uh, enough time or whatever to, to fit the bill. But I, I just, to this day, I can't believe it. 
Because the, there is nobody that was more versatile than this man. Nobody. I don't care who you bring up. There was no talent as versatile as this guy. And I remember once reading a, a Reddit thread about it. And someone said, yeah, he's the jack of all trades, but master of none. Right? Like he wasn't like a OD pixel kind of caster, right? Where he's just rated number one as play-by-play -play caster. But I wouldn't say jack of all trades. I mean, it felt like he was at minimum a king of all trades. Like maybe he wasn't the ace, right? Mm. But he was damn near close. And I just, I don't know, till this day I get upset about it, John. I just, I think he hosted better than most people did. He, content-wise, he was the funniest guy. Mm. Like, content-wise, he acted the best and he had just perfect... He had really good comedic timing, right? And if there was anyone that I'd want to do content with one day, it's probably him. Because he just has that great sense of timing and great sense of humor. I just still can't believe till this day we, we just didn't get to see more of him. I, I just kind of wanted to get that out there. Because I feel like there's a lot of talent that could have done great things that just never got to where they wanted to be. And again, we don't know what the reasons are. Maybe we'll have the pleasure of inviting Dakota one day onto the podcast so we can we can ask him in particular what he thinks happened. But honestly, that that's my honest opinion. And you know, I I just I still can't believe it. I mean, the man just did everything. Why why wasn't he a, a mainstay? Yeah, and I think that's um, it. Kind of helps you realign when you see talent choices. Like there there's so many casters, there's so many people that were left out this time around that used to be left out in the past it's not like a new phenomenon you know it's just such a tight market and there's a lot of reasons for that behind the scenes so yeah it's um it's great to put that into perspective like it's 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 always been a tough road for casters it always has been sometimes there's just some really great guys that don't get as many shots and for, for most of us we'll just never find out why mike you do. I mean, maybe one day we'll find out. Like I said, like, we did want to host an interview series. And I, I guess Dakota maybe could have been one of our, our interviewees because, you know, obviously you and I have kind of agreed that he was very, very underrated at the time when he was, you know, I guess full-time talent. Um, I suppose going on, though, considering I brought up the interview series, John, where the hell's VT faded? Did Have we been ghosted? Yeah, alright, so he did initially say yes, but I think he had a misunderstanding. He thought that we would help directly appeal him, we would help directly appeal for his unban. And I was like, no, 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 we're not, we're not directly going to help you. We're giving you a platform to clear up these accusations. And after that, he's like, yeah, nah. So I'm like, alright, you know, we gave him an open platform and uh, he's not been replying as fast i mean he's still there we're still talking on and off but the replies have been very slow so i think the interest has faded and uh, i think again he had the wrong impression despite me saying that you know it's it's an open platform to talk but we're not going to be aiding you per se we're, we're asking you questions to to clarify your yeah. side so yeah but as i mentioned you know for vt faded's topic it's a hard one i didn't expect him to say yes um fully i honestly I would have been very surprised if you actually said yes, because again, it's it's not something that you can. It's not something I see him being able to feasibly defend very well, is my angle on it. I do not see a very clean way for him to, especially some questions I had in mind. I, I don't think he had, I don't think there was any good answer for any of that. So, I yeah, I don't, I don't think he's gonna be coming on, Mike. Unfortunately. Well, that's that's a real fucking shame to hear, John. Uh, 
you know, I, I thought, you know, here's the thing it was going to, like, the way we were going to work it anyway is, yeah, we were going to ask hard questions. But that's the point, right? Nobody's going to believe your innocence if you truly are innocent. If you if the person asking you the questions exactly. isn't asking hard questions, right? We were going to, probably we were going to reach out to community members. I, I know there's other pro players that already believe he's guilty based off previous things that have happened, right? And we were, we were going to ask some hard-hitting questions because at the end of the day, if you're a viewer or a fan of VT Faded and, and you, you're getting... You're watching this show where he's being interviewed and we're asking him easy questions that are leading him to, you know, make you assume his innocence. Well, that's not something we want, right? At the end of the day, if you're innocent and I'm asking you ridiculously hard questions to answer, if you're innocent, you should be able to either answer them or explain why you can't provide an answer that would prove your innocence. So fair enough, that, that's that's cool. If you don't want to... If you don't want to take that opportunity, that's perfectly fine. We'll, we'll forget about that one. We'll probably try and move on to, to other talent or other pros that might want to talk to us over an interview series. Maybe something a bit more laid back. But yeah, I mean, we were never going to... It wasn't about proving anyone's innocence. Mm. It was about giving you a platform to attempt to prove your innocence. It's not up to John and I to do that for you. Like, we might like the guy. But I, I'm not, in the, uh, not interested in the business of trying to defend someone that's guilty. Mm. I'm not a fucking lawyer, yep. you know? It's, uh, by the way, beautiful pun, by the way, John, I couldn't help notice you said VT faded is faded. That was very funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a bit, bit sad to hear that he's kind of gone back and said, no, nah, I'm not, you know, or at least he hasn't said anything, but he's kind of not responding, uh, which implies that he's not interested. So I guess we're not going to, we're not going to try and pressure the guy or anything like that. Um, if, if he wants to in the future, I guess the option's still open. He can come have a chat with us, but I'd say the longer that you drag it out, the worse it gets. Because, uh, you know, it's only going to give me more time to go speak to other people to find out what the hell happened. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things. Bit sad to hear we're not going to have that interview. And this is actually the first time that John's told me. Uh, well, you, you have mentioned that you, he's been a bit slow to respond. Mm -hmm. But I thought I'd publicly ask you, John, what the response was before I got to actually hear the 100% mm -hmm. kind of answer from him. Because I wanted, I wanted the viewers to hear it. The, the people want to be updated on what's going on and... Well, there you go. We're not getting a, an interview with the man, and that, that's fair enough. I guess he's got his own things to do, and we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll try to find some other pro players or something to talk with. Yeah, I'm sure we've got a lot of people who'd like to line up. You know, Gary would be very keen to have. We could we could grab any of the talent boys. I'm sure that would be a great content piece to kick off as well for my own uh, duties that I have to fulfill. So we, we've got more. We'll line it up. I think that's going to be in the ballpark of the next two weeks now because of that pushback from our initial guest, so we'll try to schedule that around, Mike, but we will kick that off. Mm. And you know what? I was just thinking about that. When I said two weeks ahead, I just realized we are on week three of DPC. We are halfway through, basically, no, yeah, pretty much halfway through uh, this, the tour already. And it's kind of ridiculous. You think about it again, and I've been seeing some chatter again from a lot of people that you know, I saw like a podcast with like Seb and No Tail thinking something, talking about why the DPC format's not good. I can't believe it's week three and there's been like only so many games. It's it's kind of maddening, right? Like again, we've yeah. talked about this for so long now, but I just feel like it needs to be restated. Like this, it's wild. Three weeks fly by, and how many games have we really seen from say Southeast Asia in Div One? It's not much. Let it's count it's wild. Don't. Yeah, count for me. I'll literally count them for you right now because it's I can count it on my two hands. That's how little we've had. 
Uh, there's, there was meant to be 10 series. One of them got forfeited by Boom because they had that incident with the, with the electricity pole, uh, you know. So NGX ended up winning that one by default. So in theory, in terms of series we've watched so far in SEA, in Div 1, it's nine series, John. Uh, nine series in total that we've had the pleasure of watching. There should have been 10, though, to be absolutely fair to the DPC format. So there you go. Over, over two complete weeks of DPC, 10 series, which... That's... I don't, what can I say? It's yeah. sad. I mean, look, if you think about BTS Pro Series, Mike, we have 10 series over three days. <laughs> you know, and that's that's if we're doing the best of three part. If it's like the best of two, we have four, eight, 12. 12 series in three days. So, you know, it's, uh, it's something this format. It's, I don't know, like... I don't want to dwell on it too long because we've we've already ranted quite a fair bit about this. But yeah, we're on week three. I just realized and it's bloody fast. And also, it, it just doesn't feel like much, does it? No, it's, it, you know, like you said, we've talked about it a lot. But it's feels very anti-hype, very slow, very, yeah, very boring. Like it's, you know, like would you would like to see say for example boom and ngxc go against each other one more time right mm. like they boom didn't have their fair chance for example to go up against ngxc so now there's a bit of a question mark regarding that series like was there even a chance that ngxc would have won had there not been a forfeit i don't know most people would say no there's no chance but we'll never know because they're never going to play again against each other throughout this tour until maybe next tour assuming ngxc makes it uh, to div one next door like assuming they can stay there it's uh yeah it's i mean uh, they've already talked I, I think everyone agrees it's really boring it's really anti-hype it's way too slow uh you know we, we've also said i mean i've, I've been open about it financially it, it sucks it's the it's the worst format we've had in a quite a while uh, opportunity wise for talent it it's the fucking worst right three major and i was talking about this with dan on his uh position six mm. podcast which was a few days ago, I think. As a talent, you've got three opportunities and then TI now, right? Three majors. You've got to somehow make it to one of those majors. You've got to do your absolute best. You've got to show how great you are. And then you've got to get to TI 11, right? If you get invited. And if you don't get to any of those three majors, you've just got to hope and pray that somebody that's inviting talent at PGO or Valve or whoever the hell it is, you've got to hope they've been watching the DPC in our region and maybe say, oh, okay, you know, John and Mike are good, or Aries and Dan are good, or fucking whoever else, uh, Seek and Strike and Avro are good, or whatever, right? Anybody. But you've got three majors, three opportunities to try and make it, uh, and then you've got a TI. Two majors so far announced, people like you and I haven't made it to either one, no matter how hard we try, we're just not, it's just not happening. Third major, who knows, Arlington uh, in, in Texas, I believe is where it is. Do we get invited? I don't know. I, I, they've announced it very early, so who the hell knows who they're inviting for talent? But assuming you don't make it to that one either, how do you, how do you prove yourself for TI? I, I don't, I don't really get it. It was better when it was, it was too much Dota with the six minor, six major thing, right? That that previous format we had. But talent-wise, it felt amazing because you you could be like, okay, I didn't get this minor, but maybe I can get to the next minor, or maybe I can get to the next major. You know, there were so many opportunities throughout the year to make it to something. And as mm. long as you could make it to one, all you need is that one, right? And this is what you and I always talk about. All you need is that one fucking chance. As far as I'm concerned, if you're not good enough to prove yourself at that one chance, then you've, you've probably failed, right? 
And we've seen this over and over again with new talent. They make it to an event, it, it's kind of mediocre, and then they never show up again. That's, that's what I've noticed, right? So you already only get basically one chance before TO say, screw it, this guy's not good enough. I don't wanna I don't wanna pay the guy for the same product he offered a month ago at a different mm. tournament, right? But now you've got three majors, which is your three chances into TI. So pro plays hate it, viewers hate it, talent hate it. And as talent, I can tell you, money's shit, no opportunities, no way to move up. It's literally a uni uni student that's left uni and needs experience before he can apply for jobs now how the fuck do you get experience i don't fucking know john i don't know yep it's it is what it is now to be fair back in the old era of the different format as well we weren't getting as much work mike so you know we were stuck doing qualifiers so in a way there's been some benefits but yeah it's, it's a weird one and i think um it needs a change. It needs a change for sure. We'll see. Again, that's likely to come after TI. So same format for True Tree is looking likely here. But that's the way that the esports circuit crumbles, Mike. Uh, speaking of, yeah. uh, diverging yeah. from Dota 2 for a bit, did you happen to see what was happening with, say, Valorant's casting scene? Did you manage to catch that drama? I No, I, I haven't caught any drama, though. I, have, uh, I did notice a talent announcement today, and I think... Uh, yeah, the reason why I saw it was I, I think uh, Sajadine, which is Suns fans' partner, uh, got invited as talent to a Valorant tournament, which was, you know, that was great to see for her. Good on her. Congratulations to, to Sajadine. But go on, John. I, I have not seen the drama. What's okay, the drama so it's about? unrelated to that. There, There's a casting duo in Valorant. They jumped out of CSGO and I think Overwatch League. Um, they're veterans of the FPS scene. And they went into Valorant beta time. Before it was even publicly launched, they went in beta time. They play. They went together. They said, "We're going to be the best duo. We're going to be the prime primary duo. We're going to be working hard to be that number one duo." And they managed to build up a huge rep. I forget their name, DDR, and I forget. I, I'm not very familiar, or intimate with the Valorant scene, but I know there was two casters who did that. And for this upcoming Valorant major in Reykjavik, I think they weren't invited. And they were like, all right, you know, Riot's just not been... DDK, yeah, DDK, not DDR. <laughs> DDK, um, Riot wasn't <laughs> inviting them. Um, they are like, all right, we're, we're not going to work as talented more. We'll work on 100 teams as coach. But it's interesting, right? Yeah, you see that weird disparity with Dota and Valorant. And we were, we were talking before where Riot used to treat their talent well. I wasn't even aware that apparently at some point Riot spun off all of their employee-employed casters as freelancers as well. So they're kind of stuck in the same boat as us, except they're dealing directly with Riot, who's much more uh, temperamental about things. So I think that that's just serving to provide a little bit more context. You know, last time around we were saying Riot, they have this really good structure in. Apparently not. They're all freelance now as well. So that's kind of messed up. Uh, I don't I don't know how to fix it for esports at all, Mike, because Riot realized, you're right. They'll just toss them off, make them freelance, and, you know, end up like everything else. Interesting. And so the, these, the, this DDK guy, they're like this duo you're saying, are they... You must have heard them by now. I personally haven't. My apologies to them, but are they good, John? Like, do they deserve to be, say, number one in a game like Valorant? Would you I think say? they do. I think they do. I think I watch a couple right. of their casts. Not much, honestly, because, again, I don't watch too much Valorant. But... I watched a couple of their cats. They sounded really good. And I saw the context of how hard they worked. Like, it's 
insanity how hard those guys worked to get to that point. Like, they were really... Because, you know, Valorant's a fresh game, and they were, again, one of the first to come in, beta times, they were already practicing, they were already learning all the things you have to learn for a new game. <clears throat> and they were fairly popular. So it's like, I think the analog here would be like OD, Pixel, and Fogged being told directly that they weren't going to be invited for a tournament. We've seen some situations where Fog can't come in, but, you know, we haven't seen that sort of situation where, like, yeah, you can't come in. We don't want you. I don't think we've ever had, you know, a TO say, we don't want ODP and Fog. You know, it's like that. Like, those kind of big names being rejected by Riot themselves. So I was like, yeah, wow, all right. So, yeah, that's, that's something. And it just kind of helps put in context how crazy it can be to be in broadcast for esports, Mike. Huh? It's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, I think you and I can relate to that a lot, though, right? Like, you and I are one of the... Uh, I'd say as a duo, we've cast the most games out of everyone in Dota. As, as I think the only duo you could argue that casted more games than us is Lyrical and Trent, because they mm. are the ones that are ahead of me in terms of the amount of games they've casted. So, well, I think we can relate. Maybe we're not anywhere near as good as this mm -hmm. DDK guy, but, you know... I think we 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 can relate in terms of how much work you put in versus how many opportunities you get. I gotta say, John, I'm not too surprised because you know, the fuck do I care? Tra you know, Riot's a trash company, John. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this many times. I I think Riot is complete trash. Uh, I would never. You know, people say, Mike, you probably people have said to me, Mike, you shouldn't talk trash about Riot because maybe one day you're gonna want a job from them. No, I, I'd rather not. Uh, fuck yeah. that. I'd rather not work for a company <laughs> like Riot. You know. Uh, Fuck them, they're trash, you know? I, I'm, a, I'm a Valve, I'm a Valve boy, you know? I'm always gonna support Valve. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm i very sad to hear that that happened to, uh, to, the, to this duo. I, I think we're living in times like that, aren't we? Where it's not necessarily about, about, uh, about being the best anymore, is it? I, mm. I think I had this complaint last time as well, but it feels like as talent, it's not so much about the merit or how good you are, how skilled you are, how, how much people like you, it seems like there's a certain narrative that TOs are trying to fit. And it... I don't want to go too far into it because I don't want to be insulting to other talent because I think Dota talent is the best talent in the world. Mm. Right? I just... I feel like at times this... The esports scene in general isn't so much a competition between talent anymore. And I think we go back to the point that's been made. Esports casting is 80% networking now. And mm. it's just... It's sad, isn't it? It's so sad. It's just like, well, what do you do? What the fuck do you do? I, I feel sorry for this duo you just talked to me about, John. I, I, I'm going to go look into the drama now because I feel so bad for them. Like, well, what the fuck do you do? Like, you're the best guys there. You have way more to offer than anyone else. You know, you've put the work in. You've proven yourself good enough. You were there when it was in fucking beta. And they still don't give you a shot. Like, I, don't, I just don't fucking get it. I just don't understand. Yep, it's uh, I know. It's um, I guess it's just a symptom of how the world functions today. You know, a lot of things is really just networking. No matter how, it sounds like absolute bullshit, and it's probably one of the most stupid things in this world. But yeah, it's all about networking, Mike. And I wish there was a way to change that, but it's all about who you know and when you know them. You know, it's a, <laughs> it just kind of boils down to really that for a lot of things, whether we like it or not. That's how things function right now. It's a uh, interesting reality we're in. Oh boy.
What else has been happening, John? Uh, well, I mean, we are coming to the to the end of the podcast this week. I feel like there hasn't been that much news regarding Dodos, which is mm-hmm. why we've been ranting on about completely different stuff re- regarding other things. But anything else been happening, John? Before we before we do have to log off and say tune into that SMG Polaris game. What has been going? I'm trying to run the two brain cells, rub them together here, Mike. Has anything been happening? No, nothing comes to mind in my end. Uh... No, nothing really. I mean, we could try running through the teams again, but I think um, people are still surprised that Polaris are doing so well. I'm really not. Again, uh, maybe we could just run through how the teams are standing real quick. People are still surprised about Polaris. Um, I'm not. Right? Again, you look at their Div 1 run, you look at them at Pro Series, you look at them from the times they were all the way back in Detroit, uh, or even Team Admiral. These guys are sick, right? They, they know each other really well. They matured a lot. They changed their play style. I think the biggest adjustment that you'd probably agree with me, Mike, is that Xavius isn't playing as insanely greedy for us. Like, we're not seeing his Shakers or Magnus for us. He is still playing greedy, though. Like, you see a Shadow Demon, immediate rush axe. But, you know, it's not heroes that don't do nothing and need a blink. So I think that does allow Polaris to play a lot faster. What I am surprised, and I'm not sure if you'll agree with me, is how NGX is doing. NGX has been very underwhelming for me. Like, they're... They've got fighting moments, but... It's not the team that I expected to see in Dev 1. I expected NGX to be like a surprising performer, you know, like giving a stronger fight against these other teams, but they're not looking as strong as I'd like them to be. And it's one of those things with NGX, right? We see them on hot streaks and we see them on very cold streaks. It feels like it's one of those cold periods for them right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Polaris is looking really fucking good. I, I, I can appreciate why people still doubt them. You know, it's still, you know, it's it's been three series for them, so maybe not enough time yet. And I say three series, it's actually been... No, it has been three series, so maybe not enough time to to really display what they have, but, you know, they are looking like a front-runner to perhaps make it to the Major, which is pretty interesting. Like, I, I could easily see them being top three mm. uh, here in the SCADP, assuming they can keep up the, the winning... Uh, obviously, they went 2-1 against Boom Esports, but that was to be expected. In fact, I'm quite surprised they even took a game off Boom. Uh, but there you go. Like That kind of kind of goes to show you how great they are. And it, it, it brings me to this point now. Do they beat M- SMG? Because when you think of SMG versus Polaris, I'd say Polaris looking like the way stronger team right now. Hmm. It's a strange one because I feel like SMG has these shining moments where they look really amazing as well. And this is where, you know, the factor of... Ninja Bogey and Raging Potato comes in. Like, Mike... Mike has really good insights into Filipino teams. Not you, Mike. You know, Mike Ross Jr. Oh. Not you. Unfortunately, okay. Mike. You're not the same person. You did get your jersey ahead of him. Mike's got very strong feelings about Michael <laughs> Phoenix having his jersey first. But yeah, I think Ninja Bogey is going to be a very big factor. Um, I'm not sure if he's in the team house. I'm trying to recall. I think I was talking to Raging Potato. And I believe he's not yet. But he should be by next week, if not this week. So, we'll see my worry is this is the one this is the match i think that dictates that top three that you mentioned mike i feel like if polaris wins polaris is already in the in already locked in for top three for me like it's gonna be boom polaris t1 then it's either t1 fanatic smg but i'm it makes me more certain polaris is guaranteed in the top two at least whereas for if smg wins that kind of keeps it open it still feels like a fight between those four teams of t1 smg fanatic and polaris so this is like a very make or break series I'm not sure how it goes. Um, it's very hard for me to tell because P- 
Polaris can also have these really cold streaks as well. So I'm wondering, how, how are you feeling about this matchup, Mike? I, I feel like Polaris has it, but then I, I agree. Like, SMG is one of those teams that can always surprise you, so I, I never kind of count them out, ever, because they, they have shown us, like, real moments of brilliance uh, throughout the DPC tours we've seen so far. John, the one the one team I've really been thinking about, and I'm going to go a bit off tangent again, mm. but I want to go Div 2 for a second. Yep. What in the hell's happened to motivate Trust Game? I mean, these guys... <sighs> I know it's a depressing topic, John, because you and I were there when they first started really showing what they had and they had Jackie and Q and the whole team in particular was just doing, you know, brilliant work. They were winning every pro series. They won the summit. Uh, they, they went into Div 1 easily uh, earlier, but and now they just, they, they just don't look like they've got it together anymore. Do you have a particular point in this team where you think, where, where does the problem start with Motivate? I, it feels like I'm not sure because, you know, I was wondering to myself as well. I took a look at Masters and Fearless and how they're doing in terms of like their rank. They've dropped a lot as well. I, I think they've 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 dropped a lot from their pubs. Like I think I saw either Masters or Fearless at 200, and they used to be like 50, 60. Mm. So I think something happened. You know, it, maybe they're going through a period where they're just not feeling the patch. The players aren't as having as much fun with a the patch, they're not learning as much in their pubs. So, could be one of those things where it's time for a little bit of a break, maybe time to readjust the team, look for a change. I don't think Toy has been a really good fit, to be honest. I know Toy is a really good friend of theirs, but I don't think he's been working out all too well for the team. Um, they need they need something, they need a huge shakeup. It, it, we've seen Motivate in this point before. Remember, D DPC Season 1 last year, uh, we saw Jackie go to T1. We saw Master Rose goes to Fnatic, and Motivate Trust was a husk. A very depressing husk. I'm not saying that the team has to be all together again with Jackie Q, but I think the team needs to find itself out, especially Fearless and Master Rose. Like, these two feel like the cornerstones for me, because Motivate had this playstyle where he'd stall out for Jackie. And that still meant Masteros and Fearless had to play really well with the two supports. And right now, it just doesn't feel that way. So I think Motivate Trust will have to take a break, reconsider a lot of things, and maybe try to just work on comps, work on everything, because it feels like everything needs to be adjusted. Because, man, it's so heartbreaking to see see them do so bad. Because, again, Fearless Masteros, Fearless especially, I would consider a friend. You know, it's like it's hard to see your friend kind of struggle that bad, but... They, they're just not doing good, Mike. You know, I can't defend that. They're, they're really not doing good. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes back to your point, right? Like, yes, Jackie left. And Jackie was a big part of the team because we always saw them play that four protect one. But you look at the games now. Like, Fearless just looks dead mm, inside. Mm. And so does Masteros. Like, they just don't look motivated. And excuse the pun, but they really just don't look motivated yeah. right now. They, It's almost like they're going into the game with a hope that they might win but no belief that they can actually pull it off. Mm. Uh, you and I, we casted Motivate vs. Talon uh, last week. That was a really depressing game to cast, that, that series in general. That was, that was depressing. It was really sad. It just didn't even seem like Dota. Like game one, what was it? It ended in like 20 minutes? No, 17 minutes that game one ended in. And then game two was 31 minutes. And I, I don't know where to go. It, it just... Look, I agree with you. I don't think Toy is playing well. Like, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I, I think he's been playing really badly in that one role. 
obviously he's a you know he's a way better player than you and I are. Yep. But I, I remember particularly looking at his farm in that game two on that Drow Ranger, and I'm like, man, you've been hitting creeps for thirty minutes. Where's your farm? You know, like the re the the other four are rushing around the map trying to make plays. Sure, it's not working out, but they're trying. They're creating the space. And then I look back to this Drow Ranger, and she's still in the middle of the pack in the net worth craft. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. Where's the farm going? Well, what's happening? Even the tiny game, I was asking the same question. Where the hell's the farm? I, but then you look at, I can't even blame Toy in particular. Because again, you look at Fearless and you look at Massa, who both at, at different times could carry the game for you if they needed to. But that they just don't look like they're into it anymore. Mm. They, they don't look like they believe in their team. And I, I think it's, you got to switch something up. I mean, this is just, it's depressing to watch from, from how far they went to, to the fall now. I mean, they're, they're currently placed equal seventh with the Apes eSport in Div 2. It's just, it can't be this drastic of a change just because Jackie and Q left. And, and mind you, like before Jackie even left, Q was still there, mm. you know, and it was, it was already going downhill. I realize Jackie's a great pause one carry. Like, he's a great carry player. But you can't tell me you can't find another decent carry for the team and, and, and make the same kind of work happen. I, I just... What? I, I can't believe how, how far they've fallen. Yeah. It's, it's gone down. And I, I feel like... It makes me sad because I think for Motivate, this feels like... It's reflective of... Almost reflective of how Thailand is with Dota now. Because I think um, the Indochina region of Southeast Asia, you know, peninsular Southeast Asia, outside of Malaysia maybe, even, no, actually including Malaysia, it's been trending towards mobile games. So I feel like there's actually issues in finding young blood that's also Thai or maybe Laotian or Cambodian that can fit in and is at that level. I, I don't know if you're still finding much. I feel like Savage is one of the last few young players. Toy's pretty young as well, so it feels like those are the last two young players coming out from Thailand, at least, and maybe that's something, you know, they're, they're starting to feel it as well on Motivate Trust, because I know how the Thai scene works. Like, I talk to Savage, talk to Fearless, talk to Masters. They tend to just stay up, you know, until 12 a.m. That's when they start playing. They queue into each other. They have a good time. Maybe you're seeing less and less of those players now. And it's just becoming less and less fun. You start learning less and less near pubs. And as you said, you know, no pun intended, but it's, it's demotivating for the guys in Motivate Trust. And yeah. again, like you, you, we can we can look at Toy all we want, but the fact stands that Fearless and Masaros has just not been delivering the performance that they used to go to before. So uh, the team needs mm. something else, Mike, and I'm not sure where that's going to have to come from, but something needs to change, especially if they want to kind of have another shot by two or three, if they even stay inside. Yeah, and this the reason why I bring up motivate trust is because I'm partic I was very happy, right? Because we always talk about this, right? But the, the SEA region, very you know Filipino dominated, right? In terms mm. of player base, the Philip in terms of pro players, Filipinos by far number one, and then I think you have Indonesia, right? In Indonesian players come into the mix, uh, and, and then after that it's kind of a mix, right? Like you've got some Vietnamese players, you've got some Thai players, you've got. Uh, some Laotian, uh, uh, am I saying it right, John? Laotian players? Yeah, one, only one Laotian player, yeah. Right, you, you have one Laotian player. Um, well, what I was trying to say, John, is you, I was really happy when a team like Motivate Trust came in out of nowhere and started performing really well. And then you, you gave the Thai fan base a reason to tune in. 
and watch this team and cheer for them. And it was the same thing with Indonesian teams like when Army Geniuses were really strong. And Lilgun, for example, they're, they're a Mongolian team, if I'm, in, if I'm correct in saying so, right? So mm -hmm. uh, Lilgun, the, Mongo the, the Mongolian team, right? It's good to see different, different countries within our region able to compete on the same ground as, say, the Filipinos or the Indonesians, right? I was very happy to see it because it's naturally good for the region. But now you've, you know, there's not really a tire team anymore. Like you, you've basically just got Savage and Q. That, that's pretty much it. Uh, Lil Gun, you know, for the Mongolians out there, Lil Gun's not looking amazing either in terms of moving up. You get my point though. It, it kind of saddens me to see teams from different countries in the region not doing as well because then you don't have that viewership and you don't have that maybe aspiring players that get mm. motivated seeing their own countrymen uh, moving through the, you know, moving through the ranks and it's just it's just sad in a way right because again you know it's good to see different countries coming in and giving shit to each other in the twitch chat but it feels like we're kind of we're, we're lacking a bit of that now almost without teams like motivate uh, up in div one yeah and i think um it's a circumstance yes, and times. malaysia i can see sorry john i can see people chatting yes malaysia as well i apologize and i Singapore. can't i can't remember every country and Singapore. and Singapore. sorry john go on but yeah like um I think it's a product of the times as well where, you know, all national teams just in general aren't doing so well. Uh, Execration's been up and down. Neon's been up and down, right? The only thing to break that mold is really Polaris as an exception. But all national teams are just... They don't work anymore. I think you, you really need to intermingle, which is very difficult for a region, for countries that are just building up this presence in the scene. So I think it's a much more challenging time for a lot of these teams uh, with the interchange of a lot of uh players now in the region so it's a weird weird time for them mike but yeah it's it's unfortunate but maybe we see adjustments maybe we start seeing more mongolian players coming through outside of just norman going out of their country you know that maybe that's where the change happens and where that where the interest for the other players starts to come in yeah it's good to see people talking about australian players as well we've got kp and that's it it's it's kind of sad it kind of is, you know, as a, as a person that wants to be able to support Australian players and Australian teams. But we went over this last episode. I, I think Oceania should have its own DPC division uh, in some way or something. I think a lot of regions need some some assistance and hopefully it's something we perhaps see after TI-11 uh, whenever that happens. Uh, apart from that though, Jonathan, we're cutting it close now. 20 minutes to the series starts. For anyone wondering, we are not casting the uh, the first series uh, between SMG and Polaris. Uh, I believe Ares and Dan Danog are going to be on that one and we'll be on the one straight after for, for Boom. Uh, and who are they up against again? Boom Esports first scene. Obi Neon. Obi Neon. There you yes. go. Uh, for anyone wondering. But anything else, John? No, I think that ties us in here. I'm going to switch us to standby. I'll type in chat for what we're gonna do after you know all, all the post stream stuff but we're gonna cut it off here thanks for tuning in thanks for taking your time here mike to stop your game time and your 37 tti to have the <laughs> podcast i'm sure you're gonna be hitting that thing up and blasting it on full blast next but that's it for this week tune in again next week and tune in to the dpc um we will be casting later on in the night but for now, you'll have Aries and Denog. That series should be pretty great. It's John Xfire and Mike here for this week's episode of John X Mike Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time.